Welcome to Future Insiders, a podcast about the future of tech, business, and humanity. I am your host, Kathy Hackle. Today, we'll be talking to Anne-Marie Enns and Chris Colo from the VRAR Association about the future of events. All right, everyone, welcome to Future Insiders. We have two guests today that I'm really excited about having. I have my friends Chris Colo and Anne-Marie Enns from the VRARA Association. And I'm really excited to have you guys. Um, maybe you guys can start off by telling folks a little bit about what you do, what your role is in the association, and uh, and we'll go from there. Amory, okay, Chris, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Hi there, Kathy. So I'm Chris Cola. I'm the global executive director at the association, and um, I manage the day-to-day -day operations, if you will. We have over 50 chapters. Um, we have over 4,000 companies, registered brands, and schools, and over 37,000 professionals. So um, we love every day of it. And there's still room for growth, I think. And I'm Anne-Marie Enns. Um, I am the executive producer of the VRAR Global Summits. Um, so we're entering into our fourth summit to In Life. And now this will be our second virtual one, our first one being back in June. Um, and I've been producing events for over 20 years. And so super happy to always be on board with the VRARA and producing this event with such incredible speakers and sponsors. I love this industry. It's great. Yeah. It's, and this is, guys, this is the first time I do a two-person interview. So, you know, for those listening, just FYI, right? We're going to try to figure out the flow of the interview. Um, but I'm really excited. I've been to all of the global summits, uh, the ones, you know, that we've had. They've been super fun, a great place for uh, for the community to meet, for thought leadership, for business connections, for even new startup ideas. It's just been great. But, you know, obviously you guys had to pivot because of the current situation, right, from in-person events. And, you know, I remember every every October, November, I was like, I'm going to Vancouver. I'm going to go to Vancouver. Um, this, this time around, obviously, I'm not flying anywhere. We're not going anywhere. Uh, it's all virtual. Tell me a little bit about the pivot and how you guys, you know, how it's going, because you guys already had a, an event in June. You're going to have one in September. Tell me about that change for you guys. I can start if that's good. Um, so in June, uh, we were, you know, right new into the pandemic and everyone was in different stages of lockdown and what was going on. And so we had a you know, three to 500 intimate person event planned for Lisbon um, that quickly got canceled. Um, and with that, we lost all our sponsorship um, that was, you know, very community focused there. Um, we had to pivot to being online, you know, adapting to working at home with kids. And do we have enough computers to run this thing? And what on earth do we do? Um, so we, we, as a team, made a huge, huge switch and decided to do it. Um, learning about streaming, learning about recording, learning about all, every new platform that was out there at the time that weren't even quite ready to host what we had planned because we were extremely ambitious. And then just trying to learn as we went along from the other events that had already done it. Um, so I feel like it was trial by fire. There were definitely some glitches, um, but we we did it and it was great. By day three, we're like, yeah, let's go three more days. We finally kind of have this in order. But I think 
and Chris, I hope I'm not speaking for you. I feel much more settled going into September uh, uh, with a lot more confidence about what we're doing and um, the people we're getting on board and everyone's familiarity with doing events online, even just as a participant or an exhibitor or a sponsor, because there was a lot of education that was involved on all aspects in the past event that we did in June. Oh yeah, it's gonna be so much easier, I think, for September. Um, I mean, we learned a lot, the exhibitors learned a lot, some of them are coming back, so it's gonna be very easy for them. And you know, we, we know the platform now, there's always something new to learn. But uh, going back to June, you know, big kudos to Marie and the production team, because the media did not pick this up, but it was a 72 hour nonstop live event, three days global. So our global community <laughs> came together from all over the world, and it was nonstop. We did not sleep. I remember asking Anne-Marie at the end, how do you feel? And marie said, I feel like I've been hit by a bus. <laughs> I did. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I was gonna ask you, did you get any sleep? That's crazy. Um, and you know, I think that this brings us to a really interesting conversation about the future of events, right? We, we're part of the VR AR community. Uh, what do you guys see as the future of events? Because you probably had a lot of, you learned a lot, obviously, from the event. Um, and, you know, how does that connect to what we're doing in the industry, right? But what is, you know, let's talk about the future of events, maybe. Uh, what are some of your views, Chris? Um, well, I think we are sort of lucky because we have this global community, as you know, and these online events um, proved in June, allow us to really unite and come together. So in June we had, you know, almost 12,000 people attending live, which definitely beat our expectations. We're gonna try to repeat that for June, but um, I don't think we have to, or we don't want to, but of course we want everybody to come. But yeah, online events are kind of, kind of natural for us. You know, it was hard to pick the platform. We evaluated many platforms. You know, many said, why aren't you doing it purely in VR? So we still have some hesitations about that. You know, not everybody has a headset. It's hard to navigate inside VR. You know, and Marie and, 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 and our team here, we evaluated many of those platforms. And I think they're more for social events and Marie is planning some social events in VR for the summit in September, but they're distracting for business, right? I mean, People throw pizza at you or objects or sh show pictures or look what I can do, you know. So we picked a platform called Happen. Um, they just got funded $40 million. It's a yeah. UK-based company, so that validates them. You know, I, I asked, were we the largest event for the platform? Is that why you got funded? And they said, no. We had the UN uh, do an event after you, and they had like 18,000 people attending. So, wow. Yeah, it's it's really picking the right platform for for you for your needs, I think. And how about you, Anne Marie? Like, what are your thoughts on on the future of events, on hybrid events? I mean, mm -hmm. what what are you seeing? Like, what are you seeing in the next couple of months? What are you seeing further down the line? Well, I think within the next couple of months, I mean, everyone's just sticking to the virtual events just because of the uncertainty and the global nature of this pandemic and everyone's in different stages of lockdown and what they're able to do. I mean, I'm in Canada and you, you guys aren't allowed to, <laughs> to come up here from the States right now. Like, I'm not going to Vancouver. <laughs> Our borders are not open. Um, but I feel like, you know, and I work with a number of other clients as well in different industries. So I think especially in the VR AR industry that 
you know, the virtual events are great. I mean, it opens us up to speakers from around the globe. Um, we're adapting to it. I think that the amount of technology and the commitment to making it work in our community is unprecedented. I mean, there's WhatsApp groups from around the globe of people. I think it started with trying to figure out what they were doing at South by Southwest. And now it's every person that plans XR events or is involved with them somehow. And it's the most supportive, amazing, inclusive community to get things involved. Like my WhatsApp is like, I need speakers. I need this. People are willing to volunteer and learn. Like it's absolutely incredible. So I feel so grateful to be doing events in this space. Um, I do other events, you know, in the financial space and with other clients. Um, it's not there yet. And they're sticking to Zoom calls and recordings, which are limiting. But with ours, I mean, look at, you know, Burning Man's got VR events, Tomorrowland that was developed by, you know, people in our community was incredible. Um, all the things that are in Fortnite. Like, I think we're getting used to it. And I was talking to someone about, you know, adaptability and how we're embracing it. And we used to be like, it should be in person and inclusive, but now it's, you know, it doesn't need to be that exclusive thing. It's, you know, we get 12 million people in Fortnite watching a Travis Scott concert, yeah. whatever the numbers were for that. You know, it's, it's a whole new world. And I think that for our community, like the artists and the designers, like what an opportunity to do it. And even with the platforms you're seeing, some will definitely fall away, which we've seen even in the past couple months because they weren't ready and not really in tune to what's going on. But I think we'll see some really, really shine. And there's some bright stars out there that are doing it. So I love the idea of a hybrid event in the future, but I think it's going to be a long time before people are comfortable with planes and groups of people. And from a planner point of view, the responsibility and the legality around that to me has a lot to be navigated and I'm not comfortable with the in-person yeah. event at all when people can't control themselves on the beach in the summer and a lot of places <laughs> right now. So, Sorry. but I, you know, mask squag would be cool, but um, I think, I think virtual is here to stay for a while, but I think it's just going to get more creative. And, and talking about creativity and events, guys, I think this is really interesting. When CES announced, when C the CTA announced that CES was going to be virtual, I mean, I think we all expected it, right? And I know all of us, we, we've been to CES. We, we do the pilgrimage every year, right? It's like you have to go to CES. So this year, um, 2021, next year, it's going to be virtual. What are some, being that it is CES and it's like the tech event, right? What are some of the things you guys want to see? from a show like CES? Like, what are you, what, what do you think would be really cool for them to pull off? Um, I'll go first. I, I think I, I'm always curious about, I mean, CES is all about networking and getting your hands on stuff, like physically putting things on your face and trying it out and the experiences and, you know, um, it'll just be really interesting to see how they bridge that gap and the social gap in CES is a lot, you know, you're in Vegas, you're out doing, you know, that sort of networking. Um, I've seen a few events do networking well. So I'm really hoping that they're building something on their own, like not relying on the, the technology that's already out there, but really thinking about what they were and what they had, because I feel like a lot of events have that gap about, you know, and it, they were built on that. So it's interesting to see what they'll come up with. And I hope that they're investing the time and money in a great production team and their own app. Like Collision did it well. Like they were always about startups and networking, um, you know, and they built their own app that to keep that energy going because that's why you went. 
Um, you know, our show is a content-driven show, and so we're we're keen on making sure our content is of the highest caliber, and that's what we always thrived ourselves, prided ourselves on. So it'll be interesting to see what CES does for that hands-on trial of things for there. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, CES was always going to the expo, right, which was huge, mm -hmm. less to the session. So the expo, you know, trying on things. So yeah, it's gonna be nice to see you know what platform they pick or if they build their own because you know like we we picked happen as i mentioned and it allows for for everything and it has everything in one place so you can have sessions keynotes main stages the ex expo online expo and the export also allows you to you can play a vi pre-recorded video or your team can come up on video cams like we do in zoom calls or uh, some vendors actually stream from vr and ar so mm -hmm. Happen has this plugin, OBS plugin, virtual cam people use. It's open source free. And that worked pretty well. They, 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 on the other side, they were in VR. We were, of course, on the other side watching it on flat screen. But it still kind of was cool. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, Chris, you and I met in real life for the first time at CES many years ago. We did. Yes. Yeah. yeah it was many months ago. Many, many months ago. Um, but yeah, I, I'm interested. I hope that they do... I hope that they get creative. I hope that they do a lot of cutting edge tech. I mean, I really think about how companies like your sponsors, for example, have they've had to pivot in their own yeah. way, right? Because you go to CES to launch a product, right? So yes. that's going to be really interesting. And like Emery was saying, like your the whole idea is go to the you know go to the expo, like Chris said, or Emery, you were saying like putting on and trying stuff. It's going to be really interesting. How do you actually transfer that experience, right? Um, well, and I think, sorry, when it goes back to you talking about hybrids earlier, um, I know with another client that we're working with that we've talked about this, you know, are you physically still sending things to people? Like, are you going to pick the people that will write about it and do the authentic reviews, not just influencers, but, you know, are you sending your headsets to people? Are you sending these gadgets to people? Um, you know, am I getting something like mail is exciting now? <laughs> the pandemic, right. like, woo, love mail again. Um, I'm like, yay, Amazon. Um, so it's a matter of like, are they going to send some things too? So there's the authentic reviews, not just videos. And how much money are these people? I mean, they spent a lot to exhibit at CES. So yeah. will they put that same amount of budget? Do they have that same amount of budget to put into really excellent marketing? Because they're going to have to, I, I would think. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit more about the event you guys are putting together. Um, so it's in September. And can, maybe can you share the dates, share some of the lineup? You know, what are some of the cool things people can expect? Um, so we're set right now for September 16th to the 18th. Um, not 24 hours a day because, you know, sleep <laughs> is important. <laughs> My nine-year-old will not be making me meals this time. They were interesting, um, but um, we're going to be doing it at an Eastern Standard Time, you know, conference hours. I think a few of the different things that we have for this time is we've really thought about um, the content and the curation in a bit of a different way. So we will still have keynotes and panels. Um, we're going to have a lot of interactive sessions. Um, our committees are curating a lot of really in-depth content. Um, we've got women's workshops that are going to be happening for women in tech, which is great um and diversity and inclusion um but some other things we have are um really cool things like we're going to have debates we're going to have lightning pitches we're going to have something called titans crossover where we have leaders of different industries kind of debate and we give them a topic so 
engaging and informative and actual real conversations, which is what we want rather than, we don't ever love sales pitches on our stage. So um, I think the content will be really strong and really engaging, um, sometimes controversial, which is good because, you know, let's get those conversations going. That's what world we're in right now. Um, and then, you know, we've got really strong exhibitors. We've got great sponsors. Um, but I think, I think the content will be, will be great. And it's really accessible. We've made a ticket that's either $44 or $55 if you're not a member. Um, and that gives you access to everything. And we're trying to come up with some really creative networking, um, and social events in VR, um, and little worlds that we build. So, um, I think it will be, I think it will be all encompassing. Yeah. And what I'm seeing is, you know, we have some sponsors and exhibitors coming back. Um, you know, they, they were testing the online venue the first time in June, but they saw the value, you know, everybody got the qualified leads. Lenovo actually got over 300 qualified leads from the June summit. So there's, and that's from thousands of visitors visiting, you know, their booth or their session, right? Um, they came down to 300 qualified leads, which is like a lot I hear for, for any, for any conference. So you know, many of them are coming back. HP is actually a platinum sponsor for September, and they're announcing a new product at our event. We don't even know what it is, uh, but that's exciting. And yeah. what we're also seeing is the international trade delegations are now tapping online events, including ours in September. So, for example, like UK Trade and other, you know, trade delegations are coming with lots of VIPs and you know they're bringing 10 to 30 vendors each to be part of this global online summit so that's that's exciting to see that's great so if people want to find out about the event register for the event or you know sponsor or speak or what have you um where, where can they go vrarglobalsummit.com that's awesome. So before I let you guys go, I do want to ask you what it, and each of you guys can, maybe Emery can go first and then Chris, um, we'll go in alphabetical order. Um, <laughs> uh, what is something you're seeing out there, future tech related, that you're really excited about, Emery? Like what are, what are you seeing out there that you're really excited about? Uh, well, I always come from the event producer perspective. Um, that's my background. So I, I think a lot of the platforms and a lot of the worlds that are coming out, um, I'm stoked to see things like Burning Man. I loved what Tomorrowland did. Um, I love the worlds that people are building and the creativity around it. But I'm also love, you know, the um, the immersive art space um, and the productions that are being done um, and that coming to a forefront in what we're doing. So I think that coming into you know marketing options out of those and the creativity around it i am i'm absolutely in love with what theater is doing um and event spaces and and live events and how they're adapting to it i think that we're going to see the most amount of creativity come out of that so i'm always i'm always a sucker for the immersive art side of what our industry can do um and i'm really really been blown away by a lot and really excited about um, you know, immersive concerts and that sort of thing coming, like what the wave is doing is fantastic. And I think there's, there's other things that are just going to come out of there um, that we've seen inklings of that will be wonderful. Awesome. Yeah. And I feel like we've all become world builders in some way, which is a truly fantastic, you know, yes. turn of events in that sense, you know, something positive at least 
coming from this. But Chris, now to you, like what is something out there you're seeing that you're excited about, you're blown away by? What is it? Gosh, well, you know, I'm still waiting for those glasses. Remember, I was waiting in <laughs> Venice Beach, Santa Monica, was it for the first version of Spectacles? And Kathy texted me, I think, can you get me a pair? Can you give me a pair? They were only allowing one pair from the vending machines, but they sold out before I actually got to the vending machine. There was like thousands of people waiting. <laughs> but the excitement was amazing. So, you know, Spectacles 3 are out there now. That's exciting. But, you know, I'm still waiting, being the geek from MIT, if you will. You know, I'm still waiting for those glasses and wearing glasses myself. It's going to be very yeah. natural progression. But in terms of, like, the events and virtual events, yeah, The Wave did a great job with, like, with the weekend this past weekend, I think. <laughs> um, and where, where the, you know, the, the, the artist put on the this device that measures his movement, right? So it's volumetric video put into this virtual world. So he actually performs, I think, in his bedroom, right? And he's on this stage. <laughs> so haptics, you know, haptics and motion recognition all coming together with VR and AR. I think that's exciting. Yeah, it, it's truly an exciting time, you know, despite all the negative thing happen, things happening. It is an exciting time. So thank you guys for being in Future Insiders. And I, you know, um, uh, I'm just excited to be talking to you guys and really excited about the future of events and what you guys are pulling off. So thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much, Kathy. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Future Insiders podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe and I'll see you in our next episode.